Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. From all of eternity, Jesus is the Son of God. Now at his birth, he additionally becomes the Son of Mary. The eternal God takes on humanity. So John says in a prologue of his gospel, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, entered the world in a unique and impossible way, born of a virgin. So who was this woman chosen to give birth to the Messiah in fulfillment of Scripture? Today on The Verdict, we're learning more about Mary. And now, here's Pastor John Monroe with the start of today's lesson called Mary, the Pure Woman. This Christmas, we're focusing on the theme at the manger. When our Lord Jesus was born that first Christmas, there were not many people at the manger, but Mary, his mother, was obviously there. I want to think about this remarkable woman. We don't know her age, but very likely she was in her teens and had the inestimable privilege of giving birth to the Savior of the world. We know she was a virgin, as that was emphasized for the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. But I want to reflect on Mary as the pure woman. She was uniquely used in the redemptive purposes of our God. But nonetheless, there are many truths we can learn as we come to the manger and look on Mary. I want to ask you to open your Bibles to the third gospel, the gospel of Luke, and uh, to read with me, first of all, one verse that we looked at last week and we continue to look at under this theme, at the manger. Last week, we thought of Joseph at the manger, and now we're thinking of Mary. Luke 2, verse 6. And while they were there, that is at Bethlehem, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Think of it. This young woman with Joseph, here is Mary and Joseph at the manger, and uh, she is giving birth to a baby, her firstborn, where animals are kept. And as this little boy is born in a place where there are animals, he is then laid in a manger in Bethlehem. The life of this young woman, Mary, over the last few months had been dramatically turned upside down. Is she a young woman, a virgin, engaged to a young man, Joseph, living in a rather insignificant town in Galilee to the north of Israel, had conceived, and now she's giving birth to this little boy. And here she is at the manger. We can think of her looking at this little boy being told by Joseph that his name was to be called Jesus, for he would save his people from their sins. Now this birth had been predicted hundreds of years before the event. We know that from Isaiah who prophesied that a virgin would conceive. And you remember from last week that the angel of the Lord had come to Joseph and had spoken to him about the birth. And then Gabriel himself, as we're going to read in a minute, had appeared 
to Mary and told her again of the birth of this little boy. Humanly speaking, there was plenty of time to get the arrangements made for the birth of this baby. After all, he had been predicted hundreds of years before his birth. Think of all the preparations you make when you know uh, your baby's about to be born. All of the arrangements medically and you get that little suitcase ready and you know exactly what you're going to do uh, when the child is about to be born. So there was plenty of time, we would say. And yet, in the sovereign purposes of God, his mysterious purposes of all places where his son, the Messiah, could be born. Here they are in Bethlehem. No place in the, in the inn, and so they find themselves in this cave or this little shack, as it were, where there's animals. And it is there that the Lord of glory is born and laid in the manger. Now let's look back to Luke chapter 1 and think of some of the background to how this happened. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born shall be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. We want to think this morning a little more about this young woman, Mary, this pure woman. And here, Mary, the pure woman, finds favor with God. Of all of the women that could have been chosen, God chooses this young woman that we know as Mary. And he chooses this young woman who is a virgin so that the Lord Jesus is going to enter the world in a unique way. He's going to come into the world in a way that no one else has ever entered it. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Now think of this. Because of Adam's sin, every single one of us is born a sinner. 
We are all sinners here. Each one of us has disobeyed God. Each one of us has failed to do that which we should do in all kinds of situations. How then can a sinless man be born of a sinful woman, Mary? Now, please understand that Mary, pure, favored by God, no question, but was not a sinless person. In the great Magnificat, she refers to God as my Savior. Mary needed a Savior. We need a Savior. She was pure, she was holy, but she was not sinless. So how is a child that is to be sinless to be born of a woman who is also sinful? The baby lying in the manger, as Mary and Joseph look at this little newborn baby, that little baby has entered the world guiltless of the sin of Adam. That is why it is so important that we understand that Jesus was born of a virgin. I've heard people say, it doesn't really matter. Yes, it does matter. It is a fundamental of the Christian gospel that our Lord Jesus was conceived in a virgin. That means that Joseph, and the scripture is very clear, he's excluded as the father. No, the virgin shall conceive. Paul, when he writes about the resurrection at first, Corinthians 15 says this, the first man, Adam, the first man was from the earth, a man of dust. Isn't that right? How was Adam made? He was made of dust. The first man, Adam, was from the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Totally different. Jesus himself says in John 3 that the Son of Man descended from heaven. Out of great love, God the Father, seeing the predicament that all of us are in, sends his Son from heaven to earth. How is he going to enter time and space? How can the eternal, infinite God, the perfect God, the God who is so large that he can't be measured. He's infinite in size. How can he enter the world? Mary is telling us. Jesus directly connects with the human race, but doesn't share in the sin of the human race. He's conceived in the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit. Did you hear what Gabriel said to Mary in verse 35 when she says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Here's the answer. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born shall be called Holy, the Son of God. Here is Gabriel, the same Gabriel that spoke to Daniel 500 years ago. Now he's appearing in a little town of Nazareth. Uh, to this young woman, probably about 14 or 15 years old, and telling her that the son to be born of her is the son of God. And Isaiah had said that the unique sign, the unique sign of the birth of the Messiah was that a virgin shall conceive. God's prophecies are always fulfilled. We sometimes wonder, how can they be fulfilled? They're our human reason. Uh, we can't get our minds around some, some of them. But, but as Gabriel said, nothing 
will be impossible with God. How can a virgin have a child? How can a baby, how can a woman have a baby apart from the seed of a man? Answer, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And not an ordinary son, special son. And Mary, a pure woman, is chosen to bear Emmanuel, God with us. Did you ever reflect on the virgin birth? The virgin birth was a special and a unique act of the Holy Spirit who achieves by a fresh creative act the beginning of the human life of the eternal Son of God. Jesus is born of a human mother, but there's no human father. Jesus enters the world in a unique way. He enters the world, as it were, through a door marked no entrance, but he comes, a virgin shall conceive. This is a unique birth, absolutely unique. And Mary, this pure woman, reminds us then that our salvation comes from heaven. Christmas is a reminder that we can't save ourselves. His name is Jesus, for he will save his people from their, from their sins. I remember some time ago a woman telling me that I, sp I spoke too much about sin. I wish other churches spoke about sin. If you don't speak about sin, you have no need of a savior. If you think that you by yourself can achieve entrance into heaven, that you can have your sins forgiven, that you can have eternal life, you're hopelessly wrong. We are all, without exception, flawed human beings. We cannot, let me put it more directly, you cannot make it to heaven on your own. Christmas reminds us that the way of salvation comes to us from outside of ourselves. It's not based on human solutions, human creativity, human endeavor, human ingenuity. None of that can solve our basic problem of sin. This is why this message is such good news. We live in a world of despair, of emptiness, of loneliness, of frustration, of disappointment. What do we need? What do you need? Help from heaven, divine help. And this is central to the message of Christmas, that the Son of God descends from heaven and enters into our world in this unique way. Who's in the manger? What child is this? He's the Savior, he's Emmanuel, he is God with us. Salvation then is a supernatural act of God. That's why it's sometimes called the new birth, being born again, born from above. At Christmas, we see God's love in action. We call that grace. And Christmas reminds us then that we need a new beginning. 
It reminds us of God's love for us, that God has acted, that God sees our problem and has sent us the only solution in His lovely Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why you must be born again. You can try religion, you can try your own endeavors, you can try all kinds of things, but you need and I need God's life. We must experience the life of God, the supernatural life of God in our soul. And that life comes from God to us through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Jesus is truly man. And Mary, this pure woman, reminds us that Jesus is truly man. Think of this. From all of eternity, Jesus is the Son of God. Now at his birth, he additionally becomes the Son of Mary. The eternal God takes on humanity. So John says in the prologue of his gospel, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Paul says, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Charles Wesley says, God contracted to a span, incomprehensibly made man. Do you grasping this? The uniqueness of our Lord Jesus Christ? You say, well, I've got my own religion, you've got yours. I'm telling you in the authority of Scripture, the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. There is none like Him, nor will there ever be anyone like Him. For as Adam had a beginning, he did not have a birth. Jesus had a birth, but did not have a beginning. Understand that riddle, children? Adam had a beginning, but he didn't have a birth. People ask, did Adam have a belly button? Well, I don't know, but he wasn't born. How did Adam come into being? God took the dust of the earth and Adam was made. There was a time when Adam did not exist. Adam is not eternal. Adam is a created being. He had a beginning. There was a time when Adam did not exist. God made him. He had a beginning, but he did not have a birth. On the other hand, our Lord Jesus had a birth, we read it, laid in the manger. He had a birth, but he does not have a beginning. Why is that? Because he is eternally Son of God. He's truly and fully man, and he's truly and fully God. Although he became man, he didn't cease to be what he had always been, which is God. By becoming man, he didn't cease to be God. Athanasius put it this way. He became what he was not. He continued to be what he always was. Do you get that? He became what he was not. Man. He continued to be what he always was. God. In Jesus Christ, in the uniqueness of the Christian faith, we have in one person, truly God and truly man. And by becoming man, he did not cease to be God. 
Think of it. If Jesus were a, a man, just a man, he would share our need of salvation. If Jesus were only God, he has no point of contact with us. But he is the perfect God-man. That's why Paul says, there's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. The one who is God and the, the one who is man. Fully divine and fully human at the same time and therefore truly sinless. When he dies on the cross, he doesn't share our guilt as sinners. No, he takes our guilt as a savior. When we kneel in repentance, he does not kneel with us. He's sinless, but he takes us as it were by his hand and lifts us off our knees as we receive the forgiveness of all our sins. Do you understand the wonder of our Savior? Do you understand the importance of the virgin birth? That the, un the unique way in which the eternal God enters into time and space. And Mary, this pure woman, reminds us that our salvation is supernatural and is a gracious act of God. The Holy Spirit came uniquely upon Mary in a very unique sense. Yes, but the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, must also bring new life to your soul and to your heart. Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel therefore not that I say to you, you must be born again. Do you understand this? The importance of a supernatural experience with God. God does an impossible thing in our hearts. He can do that. That this salvation is not something to be achieved, but rather is to be received. It's not something to be worked for, but rather humbly, repentantly, received as a beautiful gift of God as He accomplishes through His unique Son our salvation, your salvation. You're listening to The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and a message about Mary from our special Christmas series called At the Manger. We'll continue next time. But remember, you can always find these lessons and listen again anytime by going online to theverdict.org and by subscribing to The Verdict Podcast. Just search your podcast app for The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. And during this special season, we'd like to offer you a free copy of John's booklet titled Eternal Security, Finding Certainty in a Chaotic World. It's our gift to encourage you to help you learn more about salvation by grace or address personal doubts or questions you may have about your faith by turning to Scripture. Download or request a mailed copy of this special booklet when you visit our website at theverdict.org. While you're there, you'll also have the chance to help us reach new listeners with the gospel message during this Christmas season by supporting our radio ministry with a special year-end donation. We're so grateful for fellow believers like you who help us continue sharing God's Word across the globe with your financial gifts. And you can give your special year-end donation today with just a few clicks of a button 
by going online to theverdict.org. We also want to invite you to join us for Sunday morning worship at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, home of The Verdict. To find directions and details about our upcoming Christmas services or to worship with us via our live stream online, just go to theverdict.org. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? What's your view of Mary? Isn't there something about her which is very compelling? We don't worship Mary. She was not the mediatrix between us and the Lord Jesus, but she's a remarkable woman. And I trust you've grasped that the miraculous conception was necessary so that Jesus is not only born of Mary, he's born of God. Can you imagine this young girl receiving the angel and becoming the mother of our Savior? No, we don't worship Mary, but we do learn the importance of humility, purity, and the grace of God. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.